Hey everyone, I'm Tony Hardman, your host for Not Quite Zen, a podcast about struggling with mental health and finding ways to make life better. I've struggled with mental health all my life, but through lots of therapy and hard work, I've learned how to be calmer, happier, and more grounded. And I hope that this show can do the same for you. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, and hello to any new listeners. As a reminder, if you haven't already, please go to notquitezen.co and sign up for our newsletter, The Weekly Dispatch. You'll get an email once a week with helpful mental health content from around the web, including the latest from Not Quite Zen. Today, I want to talk about anxiety. There's thousands of books, millions of articles, and many podcasts about how to get rid of anxiety or how to deal with it. I can't tell you how to get rid of anxiety. I still have some, and I know that I'm going to have some level of anxiety for the rest of my life, but I'm cool with it because I've learned how to overcome the anxiety that was holding me back and make it my bitch. So in this episode, I'm going to teach you how to use brute force and act therapy so that you can do it too. Let's start by talking about anxiety in general and why it sucks. Things I probably don't have to tell you, but we're going to go over it anyway. With anxiety, you have constant or even obsessive worry. It can overtake your thoughts. It makes it hard to sleep when this happens. Anxiety can be so bad that it causes panic attacks. For me, I equate this to looking over a ledge or being high up on a ladder and feeling like you're about to fall to your death. Like your heart is beating really fast and you just have these like, I'm going to die kind of thoughts. And not only can anxiety stop you from achieving your goals and living your best life, but for many people, it can stop them from just doing daily tasks. If you have social anxiety, it can be really hard to go anywhere. Just going to the store to get some milk is a monumental task for some people. I'm going to share with you my general experience with anxiety. I can remember worrying since I was in middle school. I was always worried that I was going to grow up and be a failure, that I would be unsuccessful and become homeless living on the street. I didn't find out until about a year ago that a lot of this was due to abandonment issues I felt as a child. And if you want to know more about my experience, listen to the first episode of this podcast about does therapy really work? I share my mental health journey. I talk about my past and I talk about how I generally got better. I also worried about my grades and my future, even though I was a poor student because I couldn't concentrate on my homework. Hello, undiagnosed ADHD that I also did not figure out I had until later in my And one of the biggest components to my anxiety was that I was always angry and irritable as a teenager. I even got the nickname Angry Tony by my friends because of it. And this really bothered me. They didn't know that, but it did. But it was true. I was angry all the time. And this also led to severe depression, so much so that I often felt suicidal. And unfortunately, anxiety, anger, and depression are close cousins. As I got older and became an adult, I was always terrified that I would be laid off or fired, even if there were no signals that that was going to happen. This affected my performance and my confidence, and it made me super sensitive to any meeting requests that my boss ever sent me or instant message asking to talk. 
I always thought I would be fired and I would never be able to find a job again, never be able to support my family. And it was all these extreme thoughts of like the worst case that could possibly happen. Even though, as we all know, if we look back on our life, most of the time, the worst case never happens. But in my mind, that was what was going to play out. And that was the most crushing source of my anxiety. I also had and still have anxiety about clutter and tasks around the house. It, it used to really be terrible for me. And it's not good if you have three children like I do because they are mess tornadoes, as any parent can tell you. I still have mild anxiety about this, but now I can let it go a lot more easily. I also had anxiety about putting myself out there. I've wanted to start a YouTube channel, blog, and or podcast for years because I have a degree in journalism and I have all these skills to do it successfully, but I had no confidence and I was worried about what mean things people would say to me if I put myself out there. I was too scared to try anything new because of my anxiety. And another huge factor, or I should say symptom of all of this, is struggling with sleep for many, many years because it used to be incredibly hard to shut my mind off. So how did I overcome my anxiety and start to make progress in my life? Well, the answer is persistence and the right therapy. So let's talk about it. Like most people who start to go to therapy, or in my case, who went to therapy and stopped and went back and stopped and went back and tried many different types of medications, I started with cognitive behavioral therapy, which is one of the most common forms of therapy out there. I went four years on and off, and even in more recent years, I went consistently for at least about five years. And CBT definitely helped in some ways, but the anxiety wouldn't go away. Cognitive behavioral therapy, the idea is that it teaches you to change the way that you think so that you can change your anxious thoughts and behavior. A common example of this that I can remember is putting a stop sign up in your mind. So if you're getting angry or you're having an anxious thought, trying to put a stop sign up in your mind and refocus that thought or refocus that anger. This may work for you. Many people have had lots of success with CBT. If you're curious to learn more about it, then I highly recommend the book, Anxious Man, Notes on a Life Lived Nervously by Josh Roberts. It's told with wit and humor, and Roberts talks about how his mind collapsed with anxiety and how CBT helped him get better. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and it's also going to be on the blog post that corresponds to this episode on the notquitezen.co page. I really struggled with this. For me, CBT just really didn't work. I couldn't change my anxious thoughts. So eventually, my CBT therapist recommended that I try acceptance and commitment therapy, and she referred me to a different therapist. It changed my life. However, I do want to say an important component to that was the fact that I was ready to make a change because I was so fed up with the way things have been for so long that I went into ACT therapy with an open mind and an idea that I was going to do everything I could to make it work. I think it's really important to mention this because if you're not ready and willing to do the work, then 
you're probably not going to have success, whether you're doing CBT or you're doing ACT therapy. So how did I overcome anxiety with ACT therapy? With ACT, it's really the keys are in the name, acceptance and commitment. With acceptance, the focus is not on changing your negative thoughts or your anxious thoughts. It's about being mindful and curious about them. You learn how to distance yourself from thoughts so that you can unhook from them and realize that thoughts are not facts and they don't always have to lead to action. Acceptance can also mean simply acknowledging that you're experiencing anxious thoughts and deciding that you're going to move forward anyway. Or maybe not. It's up to you what you want to do with your anxiety once you analyze and accept it. But this episode is about how to get over anxiety. So in a moment, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do that. To learn more about how to unhook from anxious thoughts, listen to episode three, how to stop negative thought patterns. The second component to act is commitment. Commitment can be physical or psychological. So physical might be doing something like actively taking some sort of action. So if you have social anxiety, it's going to get the milk anyway. Or psychological would be doing mental health work like practicing mindfulness or exploring difficult thoughts that you've been avoiding. You're going to commit to that. But to commit to it, it has to be guided by values. In the last episode, episode nine, how to find life's purpose by identifying your values, I talk about how important values are and what you can do to identify your own. I even created an interactive tool that makes it easy for you to discover what your values are. I'll link to the tool in the show notes, but I highly recommend listening to that episode or going to check out the blog post on my website. If you don't have core values identified, then you're not going to be able to take committed action. Or you could try, but you're probably not going to be successful because you have to connect your action to something that's truly important and meaningful to make your life worth living. And another important thing to note when it comes to commitment is that for every situation that you're dealing with, especially when it comes to anxiety, you have choices. Sometimes you can leave. You can remove yourself from the situation. That's not always possible, but oftentimes it is an option. You can stay or you can confront the situation head on and live according to your values, connect that action to your values, or you can stay and do nothing. You can accept the situation for what it is, knowing that it may not change if you don't take any action and you can be okay with that or you can be okay with suffering. It's, it's truly up to you. So now that you kind of understand at a high level, what acceptance and commitment means and how it's important to connect it to values, I'm going to tell you what I did to brute force my anxiety. Not too long after I started ACT therapy, I signed my son up for soccer. And if you listen to this podcast before, you might know where I'm going with this. The soccer league sent out many emails because they needed coaches for my son's age group. And I thought about it because I'd played soccer before. I had some knowledge about the sport and I wanted to make sure that my son was able to play. This was a really strong connection for me because one of my most important core values is to be a good father. I had a lot of anxiety about the idea of coaching, but I thought it was better to put myself in an uncomfortable situation 
than let my kid not have a coach. So I signed up to coach his team. I put myself in that uncomfortable position. And this is what I call brute forcing your anxiety. So a brute force is actually a cybersecurity term, and it involves a hacking method that uses trial and error to crack passwords. When it comes to anxiety, it's, I know this is going to be challenging, but I'm going to do it anyway. For me, it was even better that I put myself in a position where I had no option to fail because other kids and their parents were counting on me to coach that team. I'm not going to lie. This was really hard at first. I felt panic, especially right before my first practice. I had that feeling of like I was about to fall off a building. I was so panicked. My wife was like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you torturing yourself? And my answer to her was because I have to, because I wanted to make progress and because I wanted to be a good dad. I wanted to be there for my son and because those kids were counting on me. She was actually a little mad at me for putting myself in this situation, but I knew that I was doing the right thing and I knew that the outcome would be worth the challenge. I also felt like an imposter. I felt like I had no business coaching soccer. You know, I played, but I don't know all the rules or know a ton about the sport. But I got to my first practice and I got through it. And then we had more practices and we had games. And slowly and surely, I started to find my footing. In fact, we were winning and I was having fun. We ended up having a great season. And we lost zero games. We had one tie, but a tie is as good as a win in soccer. I was actually a great coach. And now it's a fulfilling part of my life. And I'm able to give back to my community and be there for my son. And that's the most important part. It's connected to my deepest core value. One of the most surprising things about going through that experience was the benefits I got beyond coaching soccer and beyond being a good dad. Getting over that chunk of anxiety gave me confidence. And now I feel like I can take on anything. I'm not scared or anxious anymore to try new things. I started this blog and podcast and I have a lot of enjoyment about it. It's something I never could have done before if I hadn't taken that committed action to coach that soccer team. And Overall, my anxiety about everything is a lot less because I know if there's something that bothers me enough, I can do something about it by finding my core values and taking committed action towards them. So how can you do this too? One of the first things that you can do is try to set some goals that are connected to your values. So let's look at a goal of eating healthy all week as an example. The first thing you want to do is ask yourself, is this goal practical? So I'm going to eat healthy all week. Well, you need to ask yourself, how are you going to handle a craving? What are you going to do if you don't succeed? With the example of the craving, you might acknowledge it and make room for it mentally. Be curious about it. Why are you having the craving? Are you actually hungry or are you just bored? Ask yourselves these questions. You could try to retrain the urge by doing something else like chewing a piece of gum. And you can also make a plan to have compassion for yourself if you fail. 
Every day is a new day. Just hit reset. Don't beat yourself up if you fall short. That's human. The second thing you need to do with goal setting is ask yourself, is it realistic? Dr. Russ Harris, who you've heard me talk about before, if you're an existing listener, is a world thought leader in ACT therapy, and he offers a simple way to determine this. Ask yourself, on a scale of 1 to 10, how achievable is your goal? If the answer is less than 7, then you need to modify it to make it simpler and build upon that as you go forward towards whatever that larger goal is. And the third thing you want to do is ask yourself, what's the payoff? How will this improve your life and make you more satisfied? In the last episode, when I talked about values, I noted how values are different than goals. Ultimately, a goal should help you better live up to your values and not replace them. If you think about goals and values as if they were part of a road trip, goals would be waypoints and values are your final destination. There's a couple extra things you need to know about goals. You want to think about obstacles and come up with ways to deal with them. So I'm struggling with binge eating and drinking on the weekend, and I'm working very hard to try to lose some weight and get healthier. I can't always change my environment, but I need to come up with ways to stop myself from doing that. This is something that I haven't totally figured out yet. So I'm still constantly working on it and going in every weekend trying to make progress. You also want to make sure your goals are within your control. You often can't change the environments you're in, and you certainly can't change other people. So make your goals personal. You can't control other people, but you can control how you interact with them. Once you have your goals set, and you know they're realistic, and you know they're achievable, then the only thing left to do is put yourself in an uncomfortable position, but do it tied to your values and tied to whatever you want that payoff to be so that you can live a life worth meaning that you can enjoy. I don't know about you, but no therapy, book, blog post, or podcast has ever helped me get rid of anxiety. The only way I was able to make progress was by pushing through it with committed action tied to my values, or as I like to call it, brute forcing your anxiety. This is an uncomfortable process, and it can take some time before it becomes more comfortable, like it did with my soccer coaching example. So what are you going to do? Remember, you always have a choice, but are you sick of your anxiety? Is it holding you back? Make it your bitch like I did and find committed action connected to strong values so that you can overcome it. Even if you only make a little bit of progress, the effect is compounding. And when you build upon it, you will be amazed at how far you can go and the new goals that you can reach. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified every time a new one is posted. Also, please rate, review, and share this podcast because the more we talk about mental health, the better life can get for those who struggle. Now, please join me in taking one small step towards a calmer day with a two-minute meditation. Start by taking a relaxed but alert posture. If you're driving, continue to focus on the road, and if you're not, feel free to close your eyes or relax your gaze. Feel the weight of your body as gravity connects you to the earth and makes you feel grounded.
Relax the muscles in your face, your neck, your shoulders, and the rest of your body. Now let's begin to shift your focus to the breath. Take a deep breath and follow it as it fills your lungs. Exhale slowly and let it all out. Continue to take long, slow breaths, paying attention as it enters your body and brings you calm as it leaves. If your mind has wandered off, slowly bring your attention back to the breath. Now, relax your attention. Take this calming energy with you as you go about your day. Thanks for listening. I hope you join me next time.